You're listening to the King of the Fourth Podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of King of the Fourth Podcast. Mike and I will strive to give in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics, breaking down both their in-game performances and their overall roster construction. In our first ever episode, we're going to dig into the C's struggles during the preseason and give our early season projections. Please check us out on Twitter at King of the Fourth Pod. Thanks and enjoy the show. All right, Mike, why don't we just get right into this? Uh, obviously, the Celtics have played two preseason games. They've both been fairly ugly. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where typically I would say that I am not concerned about what's going on. You know, we're going into the preseason, so it's got plenty of talent, but I think there's enough things that have happened so far over the course of these first three games that definitely raised my level of concern. But um, before, like, uh, why don't you just jump right in and, you know, you can kind of give your thoughts. Yeah, I think that the Celtics are, they, they didn't look good. Um, and my biggest concern is that with El Kemba Walker, um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can't have an off night. Um, and the other thing I'm concerned about is there's just nothing coming off the bench. Um, you have Jeff Teague, uh, who's looked good in the preseason, but there's a real lo- lack of scoring and a lot of lack of talent. Um, I don't like the roster makeup. I don't like that semi Ojale is still on the roster. Or someone like Carson Edwards, a taco fall. Um, I know you like Javante Green. Uh, they're just so limited. Um, you know, they're just, they're just so limited offensively and watching the Nets play the other night and even Philly with all the shooting Philly has now, um, you just see teams that you look at them and if you compare them to the Celtics, they're a lot better, um, simply because outside of Tatum and Brown, the Celtics don't have much offensively. Um, and and I, I, I I also think there's concerns defensively too, which, um, I haven't had in past years. And I, I think we can jump right into this. And, you know, I, I was thinking at first, let's start in reverse order and we'll go from kind of lesser players to the better players. But the lesser players are kind of boring. We'll hit them at the end. Um, but to your point about Brown and Tatum, uh, even more so Tatum, I, I felt like when Tatum was on the floor, the Celtics were okay. You know, I, I think he went out, when he went out of the game, they were down 21 15 against Brooklyn. Um, they were hanging around with Philly. He came back in in the second quarter. It picked up the intensity. The start of the second half was when they played their best ball against Brooklyn. Yeah. And, it, again, it was with Tatum on the floor and engaged and ready to go. Um, and, he, and, you know, he's clearly – he looks physically awesome. Um, he looks wider. His shoulders look like they go on forever, you know, kind of in that Paul Pierce way. Um, he's – you know, I thought he was experimenting with different things um, down in the post and, and you know um, – some of the, you know, step back threes and things like that. It reminded me of the beginning of the season last year when he was just kind of failing his way out. So, you know, obviously I have no concerns about Jason Tatum, you know, even if he struggled shooting and things early on in the season. But when he comes off the bench, you know, it's it's eye-popping just how limited they are. And, you know, I was really curious to see what it looked like with the second unit with Jeff T and Jalen Brown out there, you know, and I actually thought, you know, I was encouraged with Jalen's playmaking. I thought he did a good job of penetrating and 
and finding the open man a few times. But, but what they, they just, they can't seem to create for themselves when they're in the half court. You know, Jeff, he, you know, hit a couple of catch and shoot threes, which I didn't know he had in his bag. So that was nice to see. But it, it was just, they, they just, there was no organization on offense. There was no flow. There was no guys that were, yeah. there were no paid touches at all. And then defensively, I felt like they were extremely limited too. You know, when, um, you know, Joe, Joe Harris was going off and he was going off against that second unit and he went off a bit against the first unit to the point where they moved Marcus Smart off of Kevin Durant and put him on Harris to start the second half, which is something you, you, you don't want to see. I, I, I think some of that stuff will probably be fixable, but um, I think, you know, as we talk about position by position and we're talking about Brown and Tatum, we look at this wing play and, and yeah. outside, go ahead. But outside of Javante Green, I, I just don't think they have anything. And, and I want to talk a little bit about Romeo Langford, but, uh, you know. I, yeah, I, I, I think that was loaded. You know, I just listened to a person here about the offense and when Tatum's off the floor. So you talk about Jeff Teague and he hit a couple uh, spot up threes. You know, Jeff T can create. That's why he's brought here. He can get to the basket. He can get 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 a guy on his hip and go. So can Jalen Brown. The problem is when you surround them with three guys who can't shoot, there aren't any driving lanes. And that's something I picked up on. Philly and the Nets didn't respect the Celtic shooting. And there was a lot of missed open threes, especially against Brooklyn. And so on the defensive end, I thought they played well defensively when Daniel Tice was on the floor. Uh, but they weren't closing out on shooters, specifically Joe Harris. But I agree with you. That's something that they'll get better at. Um, but I think when Tice comes out and you have Robert Williams in the game, uh, the Celtics are really poor defensively and they're really bad against the pick and roll. And they're slow to get back on the fast break and run out to shooters. Um, yeah. Right now, Robert Williams is in a place, and we'll maybe get to this a little bit more in a minute, but he's in a place where unless he's playing against a guy like Dwight Howard, um, I, I, you know, against a guy who's just going to kind of play on the block, he really, he just can't get it together. He's he's in the it's wrong spot good. spot all the time. I mean, listen to this. You know, so last year with Robert Williams on the floor, they were the worst defensive rebounding team in the NBA by a mile, and that's not because he can't rebound; it's because he's consistently in the wrong spot. And that, didn't, right. and that didn't improve. There was a play against Philly where, you know, it was it was coming back the other way. There was a fast break. I, I think it was Simmons who, Simmons who had the ball, and they dished it back to Embiid, and he came. He, he looked great. You know, he looked very nimble. Came flying down the lane and got a layup. And Williams is just standing there in the key, looking at the ball, having no idea where Embiid is. I, and that's high, that's high school stuff. And it's really unacceptable. It, 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 you know, that's the stuff in year three should be instinctual and not something that he has to think about. And to me, that's just really concerning about what type of play he's going to be. I mean, and offensively, it's too bad because he has a skill that no one else on the Celtics has where he, he can go into the dunking position. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it, he, can, he can run the rims. You know, yeah. He's a rim runner. So. Uh, He's so they're so bad when he's on the floor. Defensively, yeah, it's 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 just it's so bad. And 
I, I mean, when Tristan Thompson comes back, I, I don't want to see the, the three-man center that Brad did last year with rotating three guys in and out. I, I think it's just Tyson Thompson because I just don't believe in Robert Williams, and I, I don't think he's going to develop. I, see, see oh. I, well, this is kind of – I'm not sure if I'm there. It's weird because we're getting to a point now where is it the players they're bringing in or is Brad not developing them because of being blocked by veterans? And so has Robert Williams gotten enough time on the Celtics to really get through some of these games, or, or is he just a lost cause and this is just a bad pick? And in some of these cases, I'm not sure. You know, yeah, it, it, and there's clearly potential there. And if you want to make him a, any type of trade asset, he's got to play some. And, I, you know, this gets back to their wing problem. You know, I, I don't – to an extent, like, I don't want someone usually on the team for a couple reasons. So, well, yeah, well, he sucks. And, uh, you know, maybe you bring in a free agent. Maybe you don't. I'd rather see Aaron Neesmith out there taking some lumps. If they're going to take lumps early in the season anyways, because at least he can shoot. See what he can do. He showed some upside in these preseason games. He shows the ability to get off his own shot. Which I, I don't think is any small skill at the NBA level. He attacks the rebounds on the offensive end too, he, so he's got some grit to him. Yeah, it seemed like he understood the defense. He was late on things. He was overthinking sometimes, but he hustled and recovered a couple different times. I think with repetition, I think he'd probably figure it out. I want him out there. I don't want him blocking him. And then to the point, I I, I don't want Semi playing. And even if he plays pretty well, then Romeo comes back whenever he comes back, and we're not seeing Romeo. Because he's a young guy, and I, like I just want Semi gone because I, I don't want to blow. Outside of the series against Milwaukee, when Milwaukee was the eighth seed, when has Semi ever played well? That's the only time I ever saw him play well is in that series against Giannis, and that's what and that was. That's not the Giannis we're talking about now. Yeah, Semi Semi's not a good player, and they, they keep picking up his auction. I mean, that's a that, that should go to a veteran minimum. And there's players out there. Just get somebody in here who can put the ball in the hoop. Like they just, they have a they have a bench of guys that none of them can score. My my guess is he's a good guy in the locker room. Plays who cares? Uh, he's great at practice on a veteran team that's trying to win a championship. He's probably a good end of the bench team, but not on this team. Not on this team. And not then, on this team. Yeah. And you brought up a point about Robert Williams earlier that he's being blocked by veterans. If they're a team competing for a championship, then who cares about his development? So they have to make a decision this year. Are they competing for a championship or not? If they're not, then play the young guys. But if you are, make some moves to compete. Because well, this team, this is, they're, a, not, they're not competing for a that's, championship. That's, that's a chicken, it's a chicken and an egg thing because in order to make moves, these young guys got to have some value. And right now their value is not great. Yeah. Value is down. Like, so like the only way to get the value up is to play them. And so I, I, it's, a, it's a really tough spot because even with this TPE, Terrence, you want a Terrence Ross and he wouldn't be at the top of my list. Uh, you want an Aaron Gordon, uh, you know, let's say the, the, the Spurs really shit the bed. Uh, DeMarco Murray, you know, would young guy under control for a couple of years, be a great fit here. You, you're going to have to give something with this TPE. And the draft Celtics, picks, they don't draft well anyways. Well, you you you're giving up, you're giving up Aaron Gordon with two years left, and you're going to take the 25th pick in the draft. You, yeah, you're going to you're going to the Celtics. Well, I that's mean, my point. But yeah, and, and to your point, it's a good point. But I'll counter it by saying 
even if these young guys play, if they're not talented, they're not going to have value. I don't think they're talented. Uh, uh, I, I, I think Rob Williams is talented. He's, I think he's talented. I think there's, a, there's something that's not translating with his brain to the game. I think Grant Williams is talented. Um, there's not value to – like Grant Williams isn't a future piece on the team rebuilding. He's a, he's a guy you want on a team that's going for it. You know, Grant Williams isn't going to develop into anything special. He's always going to be a, a great um, a great guy who hustles and plays and is real if smart you, and in you, the right you, place. And that would be good for a young team that's bringing in draft picks that's trying to build a culture. He would have some value. He he would have some value. Maybe not enough, but he'd have some value. As not he, to trade Aaron Gordon. This is where like Romeo Langford is just a killer. He's not being available right now. Um, and this I is why I, I think you have to play Pritchard. You have to play Neesmith. You got to see what you, you got have. Nobody else. Yeah, else you can play. And Taco Fall. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, who I are you going to play? <laughs> and, and Danny really deserves a. Um, it's a ton of criticism on the, his roster construction this year. There is, this is the year you need NBA-ready players because you are going to have times Ooh. with COVID and everything else where your, your roster is going to be COVID, ready. Sorry, we're probably yeah. not, are we allowed this way? Yeah, we we're have. allowed this way, yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> your roster construction, it's a, it's a mess. Uh, there's not a lot out there right now on the, on the market. Dwayne Dedman might be the best player. I wouldn't mind him on the team. I wouldn't mind him either. Um, you're going to need the, your Cheryl bigs. All, your bigs all have injury history. Um, I, I, there's not a wing. I, I here's my problem with getting a wing, and it gets back to Brad Stevens' love for veterans. I don't want them to get a wing, and then Langford comes back, and they're not playing Romeo. When I'm going to sit there knowing and screaming at the TV that Romeo is better than that player, like I was last year when Sammy would play. Oh, you know uh, we. When, anytime Romeo went out there, he handled his own defensively. He showed yeah. some upside with his offense. It's got a long way to go. But I, I want him to get there. And the only way he's going to get there with a long way to go is if he plays. Yeah. I don't want him blocking him. I don't want him wing blocking Aaron Neesmith right now. Until How I'm long is he out for? I'm thinking February. From oh, that yeah. long? Yep. Ooh, they're in trouble, man. Yeah, it's a, this is this is going to be a rough, and this might be. I mean, we, are we going position by position? We want to train. Well, we've kind of been all over the place. Uh, let's let's start. Let's talk a little bit about point guard. Um, okay, and this all begins and ends with Kemba Walker. Uh, as bad as everything is, if Kemba Walker comes back the first or second week of January, or any time in January for that matter, and this team is at five hundred, and they weather the storm and they're at five hundred, and Kemba Walker comes back in, they're going to be in good shape going forward. If Kemba is Kemba, I, I mean, it really is as simple as that. Everything we're talking about right now, who they got to bring in, who they got to sign, this concern about when Tatum comes off the floor, what the happens to the offense, it kind of yeah, Kemba out there. You really, so, yeah. So my, my concern is that Kemba is not going to be Kemba. I think Kemba is going to come back and be the offensive player that he is. My concern is that how bad is the knee? And yeah, oh, man, they they cannot afford for him to not be available to play for long periods of time this year or, or going forward. And if this knee problem is going to be consistent, um, I, they're in big trouble. Yeah, they are. They, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Um, they, they, uh, I wouldn't, big trouble, they're in trouble, I would say. Look, they still hit the lottery by getting Jason Tatum. They're, like, mm-hmm. uh, this guy is still the future, irregardless of what happens to Kemba Walker's knee going forward. Um, you know, this team, I would qualify big trouble if anything physically ever happened to Jason Tatum. They're, they're everything is. Um, I'm saying for this season. This season, yeah, they need Kemba, and uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They need him to come back and be the player that he, at least close to, that he was between October and January last year, where he, pretty much any given night, he was taking over at least a quarter for the game on an offensive end. And it gave you reasonable defense for the regular season, I might add, too. He really did. He gave you reasonable defense. And he was not that player in the bubble. That was clear. Um, you give him credit for cutting it out. Especially against Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Give him a lot of credit for that. But um you know, without him they Yeah, know. and so the point guard position overall outside Kemba, you have obviously Jeff T, Marcus Smart, and Pritchard. That's so I think yeah. yeah, I think you're pretty good there. Yeah. Um so I think that's a solid spot. I think the shooting guard position yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, even Tremont Watt, is, he's fine as a two-way player. He's the type of guy, if someone goes down, can run your offense. You, you're not going to get better than that as a two-way player, so that's fine. Yeah, I, uh, I don't get excited about these no, I don't the roster guys. Um, you know, at, at, at the two-guy position, I think, obviously, Jalen Brown, you're solid. All, you, I mean, you have an all-star. Um, yeah. You know, outside of him, what do you have? You have Smiths, and I guess, you know, Smart is – well, let's group, this all, let's group this all into wings. So not just uh, point guard shooting. I, I think the way the NBA is now is ball handlers, wings, and bigs. And so I look at the wings as Tatum, Brown, Smart, Smart's bolt, right? He's yep. both wing and, and then you go Javante Green, Lee Smith, and Sonny, essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, so after Smart, it's a huge question mark on who can play. And I actually think Grant could probably fall into this category a little bit. Um, I'd like to see him play. I, I, the one thing that surprised me about the preseason is that he did not play with the he looked bad. the top unit at all. And when he was out there, he, he didn't look good on either end of the floor. But he was essentially the best player with a bunch of bad players. And and he's not—he's just not that type of player to be in that role. I think if you put him out there with that starting unit, and you just send him to the corner on on offense and have him kind of be the guy that catches in the corner and shoots open threes, and then defensively he can switch on anybody. You know, I think I think he's best used as a starting power forward. Yeah, Um, yeah. I thought that's what it was going to be going into the year. Really don't understand why Javante Green is starting. Outside of his athleticism and hustle, I don't I know. Read, really I, I, yeah, I wouldn't read anything into that too much. I think Brad's going to experiment with lineups because his roster sucks, and he has to early on in the year. Um, I think it'll be matchup based. Um, I, I'm always more concerned on who's finishing the game, and I, I'm going to have to think that Grant's going to be in that finishing five. Um, oh, yeah, and so that kind of, you know, so. I think to the bigger point on the wings, though, you have a huge question mark on what happens. Um, and again, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but it really all gets back to, too, is, you know, yeah. not having Langford here is, is really a killer. I, I got to say, though, you know, at the end of the games, if they're, you know, if they're struggling to score, their best lineup might be Teague, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Tice. 
um, they may want to go small and have the guards out there. Um, because that, then you can spread the floor. You have, you know, you have four shooters out there, and I would think that's going to be the lineup that will play the most at the beginning of the season, where they're so limited offensively. I think at the end of the game, so you'll have that lineup in there to close out. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just not that high on Teague. I, I like him as a backup point guard. I'm not high on giving him crunch time minutes. Maybe it's the best of a bad situation. I, I just, I, I, I loved what I saw in big moments out of Williams down the stretch of playoff games last year. When he was playing at the end of games, I mean, that play on Van Fleet, you know, where he's getting out on the shooter, you know, you know game six against Miami. The last time they had the lead was when they took him out in the fourth quarter. He just, he's, he plays positional basketball perfectly. He's not going to make any mistakes. Um, the mistakes he makes are going to be missed shots that you'll, you can live with. Um, I, I just to have a, you, you can't, Jeff T can't switch on anyone and he's not Kemba offensively. He's where you, not good defensively. Yeah. And so you, with Kemba, you say fine because he's such a plus offensively that you live with that. Um, I, I just don't know, you know, hopefully they're actually in crunch time situations. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. There's a lot of bad teams in the NBA. Yeah. I think these first two games are going to be a nightmare. For the Celtics, but which I means which it. means they win both, right? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I man, it's gonna. Ugh, I think they, I think they're gonna be some ugly losses to start the season. So, so we talked about the wings, and then we'll get into predictions in just a second. Let's go to the bigs. Um, yeah, they're actually relatively. Uh, they're okay, I would say, but there's injury history. Um, you know, Daniel Tyson, Tristan Thompson. Hey, I, I love the Tristan Thompson signing. I still love the Tristan Thompson signing. I feel like in a game like um, it was Friday night against Brooklyn, it, it, you know, the way they were playing, if he was in the game, there'd be a kind of a huddle initiated by him to say, "Look, yeah. you, you know, they, he just brings that veteran leadership, that toughness." He's and the best rebounder they've had. I, I don't know, maybe since. He might be the best rebounder they've had since it's Brad Kansas. Stevens been the coach. <laughs> well, he, no, he's a better rebounder yeah, than Kansas yeah. because he gets defensive rebounds. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. And, and he defends. And he, he can defend almost every position. You know, I think out on a guard, one or two times, he, he'd be okay. Obviously, he'd get exposed beyond that. But he, he you know, he, there's been a decline, but it's not the decline that I think the narrative says it is. He can still play. He can still defend. He can still switch. And I, I think that toughness and leadership and that experience, if they can get through when this. When it's such a bad shooting team, this. Yeah. he'll keep possessions alive. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, very valuable right now. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, guys like Pritchett and Neesmith help with that shooting because right now that's a glaring hole. You love Pritchett. I, I, I I want to see him play. I think he's an NBA player. Uh, Tice, we know what we're going to get out of Tice. I think he's Matthew Delvadova. Well, that's an NBA player, Mike. Yes. <laughs> that's an NBA player. <laughs> he <Yeah>. sucks. <laughs> uh, okay, let's stop on the bigs. Let's talk about this. I, I think this is a guy that, even when he's not scoring, makes an impact on the floor. He's tough. He can shoot. He has confidence to pretty much release it from any, anywhere, which I like to see. Um, and you know, right now, it, they're gonna have to play him. So we'll know in 
we'll know a little bit of what we have in about a month from now. Uh, but I, I think you, I think you are going right. to. I think he's going to grow on you. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's a little engine that could. I'm going to hate him. <laughs> uh, Tice, we know what we're going to get. We spent. I think we spent enough time on Robert Williams. Uh, we, we know what needs to happen. And then Taco Fall. I, I just feel like. Here's a case where we talk about him. And, you know, he's got like him. I think it's time, you know, you've talked about this a bunch. Uh, Carson Edwards, semi Ojoli. They're not NBA yeah. players. They're on the roster. I think it's time for them to go. And, yeah, and but releasing a two way player doesn't really open up a roster space. I don't know what you're going to bring in. You could bring in somebody better, obviously, but I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, well, this is where I think this year does matter, though. Um, just from the from the standpoint, you could probably get a guy that's closer to the NBA ready than Taco Fall. That on a night where you have eight guys available and nine guys available, where he can play NBA level defense and hit a three, or he can yeah, play well, NBA just made the roster of Miami. We had him last year, Max Strout. Yeah, and I just don't feel like um, Taco Falls anywhere close to NBA ready. And I'm not sure he's 25. He, he may not ever be. You know, he's not 21, the 22-year-old kid. Tickets, man. Yeah, yeah, sell tickets, man. So that's why I'm, I'm almost okay getting rid of him. All right, let's get down to um, just what we're seeing yeah. go, going forward. You know, this first week is tough week. It's You mentioned it earlier, it's Brooklyn, Milwaukee. If they get a split, I, I think you should be thrilled oh, yeah. with that result. Um, you know... Beyond that, once you start looking at the schedule, it does lighten up a little bit. You go back-to-back against Indy, and then there's, uh, I think it might be Detroit I don't have in front of me, but there's a few games in there that just aren't all that difficult. I think think this first few weeks of the season is going to be a struggle. I I think a lot of people are going to be very disappointed in what they see, and rightfully so. And I'm just hoping for when Kemba comes back, whether that's, 15 games in or 20 games in or whatever it might be that they're, they're 500. And I think if they're, I think if they're 500 when he comes back and he's back to being Kemba, then they're in decent shape. Um, if it's worse than that, then if all of a sudden. back and they kind of sit them on second nights of back to back. They have to, if he's on a minutes count, that's, that's concerning. They need him to come back and be Kemba. Um, Oh, I think there's going to be that, though. I, I think they're going to absolutely manage his minutes, and I think um, second night of the back-to-backs, I'd be shocked if he played. All right. So, yeah, taking a look not just the beginning of the season, but the Eastern Conference in general, um, what's your outlook on the conference this year? Who do you think is going to you know, come out of the East? You know, Where do you see the Celtics projecting into the standings by the end of the season? Um, what are your thoughts on, on the Eastern Conference overall? Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think the Celtics will start there. I see them probably around the four or five seed right now, if I'm projecting, you know, Kemba coming back and, you know, maybe they make a move with the TP and they're able to bring in a, a body, which I, I think they have to. I think they need to use part of it now. I think it's too big a risk to wait to the offseason. Um, and then it becomes a question, Is that does it even matter if they're four or five or six? Because is home court even going to matter? Are they going to oh, be crowds? Is there going to be even crowds there? So, like, it, it's a different year. I, I we don't know what May's going to look like. Maybe crowds are back. 
I, I don't think they're going to be back everywhere. Um, so it's, I, I see them anywhere from, I guess, three to six. None of that would shock me. It, you know, and it gets to the East just being so strong. Um, I think Milwaukee's going to have the best record in the East. I, I, yeah, I just, they're, they're the regular season champions, and then they'll blow it in the playoffs like they always do. Yeah, um, they're, they're built a little bit better now. I, I, you know, with Drew Holiday, I think really helps, and then Chris Middleton. Uh, but you're probably right; they'll, they'll blow it because Budenholzer doesn't. Loves to have great regular coaching. season teams. Yeah, he doesn't adjust his coaching. I, and then from there, it's probably, I think it's Brooklyn or Miami are interchangeable. Right there at two or three. Miami's going to win more games than they're supposed to because it's just how hard they play. And I think Brooklyn will probably have Durant and Kyrie sit out back to backs. And you, there'll probably be some schedule losses for those guys. I think they're going to come roaring out of the gate. I do and I, then I think they're going to slow down and say, all right, we're just here for the playoffs. And I, I think that might bump down their win loss record. I don't think that has anything to do with their overall talent. Um, Philly's the enigma to me. Um, I don't know how you feel about them. They could be very, very good. I think with, yeah, I'll wait for you to be done. But yeah. they also, like, okay, I got a couple of thoughts on these guys. I think Ben Simmons and Embiid are a bad match. I just don't think that's a good match at all. I think it screws up spacing. I think in the playoffs, they're easy to cover in the pick and roll. I know they got more shooting now, but these aren't guys that develop their own offense either. So if you're able to get guys that can defend like Brooklyn does, like Milwaukee does, that can get out on these shooters, they're not the type of players that are going to beat you off the dribble. Uh, you know, whether that's Seth Curry or Shamit or, you know, they're just more. Yeah. Yeah. Catch, yeah catch and shoot guys. I'm sorry. Shamit's on Brooklyn. But you, you know what I mean. Um, Doc Rivers, they'll be better under him. I have no doubt about that. But no. let's be honest about his record here. Oh, when he gets in the playoffs, yeah, they blow leads. Yeah, he blows leads or they underperform. And it's mm -hmm. outside of 08. That's really been his record. And I, I just – so what could they be? Well, they got two good young players that, you know, what they're saying is I'm not quite sure. They, there's question marks with both of them. There's always question marks whether they're even going to get through the season. Um, and that's why if I'm Sean Maury and I'm the front office over at Philadelphia, I am – I am shopping uh, for Harden, and I would not lose sleep over giving up either Embiid or Simmons for him. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I, I, I would love, if I was Philly, I would trade Joel Embiid for I would James trade. Harden. Yeah. But that backcourt of Simmons and Harden would just be incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that Simmons is more valuable than Embiid just because of the defensive presence that he has. He might be the best on-ball defender in the NBA. Yeah, and I think you He's have incredible. To he, he shut down. He shut down Tatum last year. Yeah, um, I, he yeah he did. He's about the only defender in the in the East that I think can do that. Yeah, and, yeah. and I I just I have real concerns. If I was the Phillies, what is Joel Embiid? Well, he's the most talented big man in the league, but he's also always out of shape and he's got bad wheels. And how long is yeah. that sustainable? You're playing seventy two. He's so slow in the fourth quarter, like. <laughs> he, he plays foul line to foul line. Free throw line to free throw line. He plays foul line to Three foul point line to three point line the fourth quarter with that guy. I, um, I, I mean, even game five when he played fantastic against the Celtics uh, three or four years ago, you know, he, you know, Aaron Baines was able to stop him in the post because the guy couldn't get off the ground. Yeah. And I, I just, 
I, I would, I think I would, I would shop a bead before I would shop Simmons and I would see what I have there because all of a sudden you got an offense that can fly up and down the floor that can just launch threes. You got essentially that Houston um, offense in Philadelphia, but mm-hmm. your upgrade is Simmons from West, Russell, Russell Westbrook, yeah, which is a health and upgrade. Yep. So uh, is that, is that your East breakdown Celtics are going to be a four or five seed? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Philly, I, then Indiana, I guess would kind of fall yeah. falling onto that. Or I, I just, I don't like at all. One thing that concerns me about the East is there's a lot of really good regular season teams in the East. Um, he brought up Milwaukee. Um, he, he didn't bring up Toronto. And Toronto's going to be Toronto's, Toronto's yeah, going to be yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. Toronto ended up being the two seed, just because they compete every night, and and some of these teams don't. Well, they they, um, need, they need to make a decision there in Toronto too, because they're on uh, kind of the shit I got off the pot mode because they could have a very good regular season, no doubt about it, but they're kind of capped out on how far they're going to go. With oh, the exactly. Yeah, of course. They are. So, do they make a move for Harden? Do they package Siakam and um, OG? It's a couple draft picks and, and say this is a move we're making. Or do they try to? Obviously, they prefer to keep one of them because it almost makes the trade useless if they don't. Um, and if that doesn't happen, do, do they start to make the decision, regardless of their record, that maybe this is the time to accelerate the rebuild? Because I yeah, I, I, it's I mean, they just resigned Fred Blank Fleet. They have OG I, and they have Sayakum. I don't think they're going to rebuild. I think they're going to compete. Yeah, it's it's interesting because a smart move, I think, would actually be looking to how do we accelerate this thing into the future? Because right now they are, I mean, Kyle Lowry's not going to get any better. Sayakum's, I think, is always going to be maybe a top 25 player, but I think that's it. Um, I, 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 like I actually like Toronto's approach to compete because they had all those years where you knew what they were and they get in the playoffs and they blow it. And then they made the move to bring in a Kawhi Leonard. I think you continue to work the process if you're Toronto and you wait and see if a guy becomes available that you can bring yep. in because well, that culture in Toronto was really good. And you could uh, do that because you could package like Siakam, Norm Powell, and some draft picks and bring on a star. And, and they draft well. There. They don't need to tank the draft well. They probably draft. They probably draft the best in the NBA, yep. you know, with the talent they bring in. Um, you know, and that's what concerns me with the East and the Celtics even getting to the fifth or fourth seed is where they lack so much talent right now. And Kevin's going to be out. I'm worried the Celtics are going to fall to the sixth seed because I think as constituted right now, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Toronto, um, Miami. I think all these teams you can put in front of the Celtics that are that could have better records. Um, if the cell, if Kemba doesn't get healthy uh, fast, and I even look at some of the teams at the bottom of the East, like Indiana, they play the Celtics really hard every year in the regular season. I think that um, people laugh at Washington with the trade they made for Russell Westbrook, but the one thing you can say about Russell Westbrook is every season he's one of the best players in the NBA in the regular season. Uh, when he gets to the oh, he puts season, up he stats ex- like he puts he up stats puts, like he's one of the best. I would not call him one of the best, but his teams win. OKC made the playoffs every year with him as, you know, their best player. Um, and now you have him and Dale in the backcourt. That Washington team is going to put up a lot of points. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was terrible yeah. in the playoffs last year. I, 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 you know, he played well at the beginning of the year last year. He played really well. Then he sucked beyond that. Um, yeah, he shows yeah, up I, every night. 
competes every night. There's a difference. That buys you wins in the NBA. He plays hard. I would say there's a difference between playing playing hard and showing up. What he did in the playoffs last year and the selfishness and the way he played was not showing up. I I thought he cost Houston uh, severely in a couple games. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the playoffs with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about. They'll be better. They'll be better. Yeah, they're not a team. They can make the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're a team that you end up beating in the regular season, one hundred and thirty to one hundred and twenty. Yes, uh, and I think I think some of these bad teams in the East got better. I think he, I think I think Charlotte got better. I think bringing in Gordon Haywood if he's healthy and bringing in Lamelo Ball. I think you know Graham's coming back in the second year. Another guy, he he's a spot up great shooter. Um, he's an I think some of these. He, he's a volume shooter. I wouldn't call him a great shooter. Is but, but okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that you know the Celtics are going to have to compete every night to to get to the five or six seed. Yeah, I think, oh, I think there's a lot no doubt. better this year. Yeah, and I think it comes down to it comes down to Danny I, has to make a move and bring some talent. I wonder how much oh, the Celtics are in trouble. Yeah, they they need to use the TP. It's not yeah, you know a veteran free agent would be nice. That's not going to move the needle at all. At the end of the day, they need to use that TP effectively. They need Kemba to come back. If those things happen, maybe the seeding doesn't matter as much this year. Maybe, you know, if you're going to Milwaukee to play in front of an empty crowd, empty gym, what difference does it make? Um, but so, you know, we'll I, I see. Just, they, they need to survive these first 20 games. And yeah, then, and I think they have to stop looking at the coaching in Boston, too. Not to say that Brad isn't a good coach, but I think there were a lot of things that stuck out in the playoffs last year about him. Uh, his use of timeouts, his rotation, his rotations that are inconsistent, guys getting minutes who shouldn't be playing, um, and his overall, you know, control of the locker room and people trusting him. I, I want to see how this team responds this year early on uh, to his coaching and to his rotations and, and trusting him. Um, because I'm a little concerned with him as a coach and a lot of these free agents leaving and not staying in Boston. Um you know, they keep saying their individual situations are all different, um, but they're all gone. If you look at that team from two or three years ago, none of them are back here. Um, and why is that? Why don't they like Boston? And I think you have to start looking at the coach. Well, I think two years ago, uh, I think. Yeah, to an extent. I, I agree with some of the stuff in the playoffs. I'd like to know why Gordon Haywood left. Is it just money? No, I, I think he made it clear. I thought he was pretty honest about it. He became a, a fourth option here. Okay. He's a fourth option here, and he feels like he's still in the prime of his career and wants to play and wants opportunities. And if he came back, he'd still be the fourth option here. Yeah. And I, I think that's why he left. Um, you know, I... I think there were some concerning things about the coach. I think, though, with the regular season, he, the Celtics always – the regular season is a lot of time about effort, and he'll get these guys to play. And they always – the only time they didn't, um, you know, do better than you thought they would uh, overachieve was that, that Kyrie. Yeah, was that Kyrie on the regular season? Interesting, though, thing about that Kyrie is that Celtics preseason was terrible. They were horrible, and Brad was Brad actually was calling that team out back then, which I liked. Um, and he's doing it to an extent with this team too. But he's talking a lot about we have rookies playing in positions where they're not ready yet. 
Yeah, it's um, different. Which yeah. he's right about. Yeah, it's, it's much um, different. Yeah, you come in and yelling and screaming is probably not a the right Exactly. I don't think that's the approach with this team right now. Um, I, I wonder if there's any similarities though with the start they had in that preseason a couple of years ago to this year. Because uh, they got off to a real slow start that year. They didn't really get hot until around Christmas. I, I think the similarities probably stopping in there. That yeah. They, oh, oh with, yeah. With the slow start. <laughs> um, because of the, the you with know, so much less talented. Now. Yeah, the expectations were so high for that team. There was it was pretty much championship of us with these guys. Um, I think the expectation is you know the bar's been lowered quite a bit, and now it's just a matter of can you survive this you know first twenty games without Kemba, and and then kind of go from there and make some moves. And um, I, I I think a lot of this falls on Danny right now on using that TP and bringing in someone. And hopefully it's just not someone that can help for this year. Um, bringing in someone with Tatum in mind, that's a younger guy that has multiple years or at least two years on his contract that you, yeah, can, you I, can continue to build around. I think right now, if you just look at the East, you say, well, it's probably going to be the Nets who come out. But if you have the Celtics, right, obviously look at that Nets team and how talented they are. But if Irving or Durant go down, yeah. Then the East is wide open, and in the Celtics, if you can use that TP, they have a shot to go to the NBA Finals because in the postseason, every team except Brooklyn, we've talked about their flaws: Philly, Milwaukee, even to an extent Miami. I don't know if my I don't think I I'm not a believer in Miami. I th- everybody's loving Miami because they made the NBA Finals last year. I think they played a flawed Celtics team that wasn't ready to play. I I'm not I'm not a big believer in Miami. I I think Ben Adebayo got exposed in the NBA Finals. I think he's a really good player, but I don't think he's at the level that everybody was saying he was at. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just didn't play that great. And the Celtics were the more talented team. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think if Kevin Durant, is, if he goes down, which could happen, the East is wide open. Um, so the Celtics have to take this year serious. I know they want to play the young players and give them that time. But you should try to win as many games as possible in case, you know, it opens up for you. If Durant's healthy, I don't think it matters what the Celtics do this year. I think it's the Nets and Lakers. But you never know. You know, these guys are coming off serious injuries. Yeah, yeah, I, and I don't think this is a championship of best year for the Celtics, but I do want to see them extend themselves to go as far as they can in the playoffs. Because it, it, that experience for Jalen and Jason is, is really important. And that also means that the young guys are performing if that happened. And that means you're either you're going to have rotational players uh, that are young and under uh, control for short money for the next few years, or, you know, they become trade chips that you can bring in and get a more experienced, better vet, veteran player that, you know, it could really help you. So, all right. Um, I think we've, we've talked for a while. Let's do a quick lightning round. Um, just predictions real quick. NBA Finals predict- prediction. Who do you see from each uh, conference? I think the Lakers are going back, and I think the Nets are going to win the East. Um, I, I I think it will be one of the best NBA Finals we've seen since Cleveland's Golden State. I think it will be awesome. I'm going to say um, I like the Lakers going back. I think Milwaukee's going. Uh, I know you think I'm crazy. I think Budenholzer um, – I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move. Giannis is going to be asking for a trade next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they Budenholzer isn't a coach at midseason and all of a sudden this team just takes oh, off. Then we can have a conversation. Yeah, yeah and I, I also feel like, you know, 
he was embarrassed so badly in that bubble that the chip on his shoulder is going to be huge. He just short signed that extension. I think I think Giannis in this gets to the and I, I think the Lakers will win the finals, but I think it's going to be Lakers Bucks. If um, Kevin Durant's healthy, you think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to beat Brooklyn with all that talent? Um, with Daddy because they got Darren Collison. Well, they no, they didn't get Darren Collison. They got, oh, sorry. Oh my God, Drew Holiday. Drew, well, they got Drew Holiday. Yeah, uh, sorry. I think Middleton. <laughs> I, I thought Milwaukee was a good, really good team last year, and um, I just think I think Giannis is the best player in the league. Oh, and and I, I think Giannis is going to win another MVP this year, and I'm not sure it's going to be close. Oh well, yeah, I think yeah, yeah I, I think Giannis can win the MVP too. But I, man, if I saw the roster and you told me that Kevin Durant wasn't going to get hurt, it's not even close. It's not yeah, my team, Durant. Yeah, maybe you're right. I, I, I well, yeah, okay. For that, I, I just think this season, I think Giannis is going to be. I think, I think he's, he's going off. I think he's a man on a mission. Yeah, I think they have to make another move. Uh, that Brook that Brooke Lopez contract is just fucking terrible. Maybe they do. Yeah, maybe yeah, they do. like they have to. They need a different center on that team. Um, and, and, and they got a lot of fringe players that are okay, but I don't know. Yeah, losing George Hill. I, I know they brought in Drew Holiday, but George Hill was a big loss for them coming off their bench and. The biggest mistake they ever made was keeping Eric Bledsoe and not um, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Well, that's a wrap. Check us out next week as we break down the Celtics' performance against the Bucks and the Nets. <laughs>